0: welcome to the nest because there's not enough sports talk uh, today we're talking or starting I should say with um, a soapbox segment um, I really want to talk about baseball now Hampton I mean we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about you know uh, football we're gonna talk a lot about uh, basketball mainly but we'll definitely talk about some baseball um, and one thing that's really been kind of bugging me and I just wanted to Get out of the way. I thought it'd be a, a good topic to to start with. It's pretty controversial, and I'm sure that you already know what I'm talking about. But that would be the Houston Astros. Um, I'm a huge baseball fan. Hampton's a huge baseball fan. Um, and, you know, it's just really disappointing. The whole thing is really disappointing. Um, the fact that, you know, a lot of these guys that I felt – You know, overall, that I I had a lot of respect uh, for and and looked up to uh, Alex Cora, Carlos Beltran. Um, I really liked AJ Hinch actually. and so it was just—I don't know—it was just really shocking to me and, and disappointing overall that that Beltron kind of initiated this whole thing. And I mean, this this has affected a lot of people, right? I mean, you don't really think about it, and, and you know, I, so I work for um, a college recruiting uh, company, and a lot of the people that work with me, so you know, obviously a big sports culture there. Everybody's like, "Oh, you know, get over it." They're they're just uh, stealing signs. It's not that big of a deal, but. <laughs> I mean, this is next level, right? This isn't like, you know, classical, you know, sign stealing. This is using technology to have an advantage. And this is, it's just not right. And it just, it's, it's unfortunate that I think a lot of the players aren't also going to get any punishment from this because it was basically just the Astros cleaned house and they got fined and everybody was like, you know, whatever. And Carlos Beltran and and Alex Cora also lost their jobs, whatever. Um, But it, it, that not, that's pretty much all. That's pretty much all that's going to happen. Um, from what I understand, there's not going to be any punishment for the players. And, um, it's just, I don't know. It just, it really, it really jeopardizes the 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 integrity of the game in my eyes. And it makes me question a lot of those guys in the clubhouse.
1: Um, but, but you know, I mean, could you, could you imagine if they deflated footballs? <laughs> well, we don't want to get onto that. That's a whole <laughs> other level. Yeah. No,
0: absolutely. Right. Um, yeah, it just, it just disappointing overall. I'm, I'm, uh, upset. And I know, I know you are, and, and the whole story is just kind of, um,
1: overall sad, but that's just my two cents on it. So I guess, you know, obviously my, my, my biggest pet peeve is that they were doing obvious stuff like the trash can lids banging them in the middle of games and stuff to like, let yeah. people know of certain pitches that were coming based off what their technology was catching. Right. right? But, um, you know, what do you think are going to be the biggest ra- ramifications of this for baseball as a whole?
0: You know, I don't know. I think I think the the biggest problem that baseball is going to face now is going to be the social, um, I guess, reputation that it, that it's going to have with fans. Right? It reminds me a lot of how people looked at the game during the steroid era. Right? They kind of lost. They kind of lost. You know, respect for the game. They kind of not not lost respect for the game. I shouldn't say that. They they felt like the integrity was jeopardized. Just similar yeah. to this situation, you know. And so it it um it makes you feel like it's not fair. It's not right. It's not. You know, we're not playing on a on a level playing field. And anytime that you question the integrity of the game and do things to have the upper hand and and do things that um are the things that the Astros did it it's really really unfortunate and it's frowned upon and and you're cheating the game you
1: know yeah yeah never fun but you know hopefully um the 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 stain because it's definitely made a stain on the sport of baseball you know, and people were starting to get bored enough as it was with
0: baseball, which is Absolutely. very unfortunate. I mean, they're they're out here, you know, trying to speed the game up with with clocks and do anything <laughs> right? they can, yeah. right? They're already, <laughs> you know, not in a great place as it is, so this is not going to help. Uh, but I but I didn't mean to cut you off.
1: No, 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 no. I I just look. They're trying to speed the game up. The, the best part of speeding the game up is uh, is the coaches have to now sprint. To the pitchers mount to, to, to talk to their pitchers right for 30 seconds right um, and, yeah wow. you know yeah it's, it's it's a weird time for baseball and I, this didn't help no, this no. didn't help at all
0: struggling with attendance it's just that we're all not good yeah but all right let's move to, to happier topics <laughs> <Please>.
1: <laughs> um so let's do a little q a segment for a while qu- uh, questions with answers um so Let's go over four different questions broadly about the NBA. So first, let's start with MVP. All right. So, would you take Giannis or the field for NBA MVP right now?
0: Um, you know, I think people are saying LeBron should get MVP. I disagree. Um, he's he is not played up to to what i expected him to play up to this year. So i i can't i can't give it to lebron. Um James Harden's playing phenomenal but but up until a point, right? And then it just kind of like drops off. Um and then uh, you know you have a, a couple other guys that have had really good seasons, but i think i think you have to give it to Giannis.
1: I think you have to. So my thing with James Harden is that i really, you know, he got his one MVP good for him he had it, quote, stolen, unquote, from him you know. every other time. My thing is that when you literally are on a team where the team is based on you shooting the ball, literally, that's it. It's just get you as many shots as possible. Your stats really don't mean that much to me, especially when your team just traded for a guy who's supposed to be your number two guy, and he's slowly taking away the emotional spirit of the team and becoming the team leader. (laughs) <laughs> you yeah.
0: Know. Well, mean, and with- the the usage rate of the two of them alone is, I mean, oh, yeah. astronomical. So, but Crazy. it's it's yeah, but you're, I mean, you're not winning as many games as you should be winning. So that's the other thing that that's in that pot for James Harden. I mean, yeah. with the with that with that roster, I mean, you'd think that they'd be winning more games,
1: but you, they're not. So definitely, and I mean, LeBron. Okay, first foremost, he's thirty five. Yeah. He's the assist leader. He's averaging twenty five points per game. Like, good Lord. But I agree with you. You know, I expected more. And maybe, you know, maybe there's still, like, 30 games left. Maybe we'll get more. But I I just, Giannis, man, he's doing better than last year. Yeah. And what's to say he's not going to be better in this stretch?
0: Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, we, you know, uh, LeBron He's, he's had a fantastic year overall, and I, I get that he's, he's 35, but it's crazy that you and I are saying, oh, he should be doing better, right? When you look <laughs> at his numbers, it's absolutely insane that we're even, we're even having to say that or have that conversation. But absolutely, yeah, I, I, think, I, think, you, I think you give it to Giannis.
1: I mean, how many times with um, LeBron, uh, Tom Brady, Justin Verlander, are we just like, you can do better? Like, right, right, you know it's, it's yeah. obscene. Sometimes uh, we're all spoiled with that. We have, yeah. I was about
0: to say we're we're we have such high expectations. We would never have that of anyone
1: else. But uh, so uh, you have Giannis. I do. Yeah. Okay, I got Giannis too. So Ja Morant or the field for Rookie of the Year? I actually, you know, I love Ja. I think one of the things I love most about him is he has, from the moment he got drafted, he has this, you know, listen, man, you don't mess with me. I'm from Murray State. I won a March Madness run with Murray fricking state. (laughs) Like you're going to learn who I am and it's incredible, but good Lord Zion is just insane. And then you even have the potential of Tyler hero just cracking through that, you know? I mean yeah, yeah. Well,
0: he's played yeah. phenomenal as well. I full disclosure, I and this is nothing against Tyler Hero obviously, but I did yeah. not expect I did not expect like he has come onto the scene quickly very oh, no, well. I didn't expect very well, yeah. very well. I mean, when I lived up in Wisconsin and I saw him him coming up through high school, I was like, wow, he this kid's pretty good, I didn't expect that, but that's all that's a whole another subject there. But I I think um, you know, Zion is going to Zion started off as the favorite, then it went to to RJ Barrett. And, which was uh, funny. Yeah. And that quickly, quickly shifted. I think the
1: Knicks can't have anything nice. They're named after Stocking.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, you, you. they're not doing anything anytime soon. Um, but quickly, then it went to John Morant. It stayed. I think the Vegas favorite is is has been John Morant since that moment. And um, I think I think I'm gonna take John Morant on that. Honestly, as much as as much as I think Zion's gonna have a really good year, and I don't want to. Um, say that he can't outplay obviously jock ja, but he's he's putting up great stats but i just worry about um i worry about his health first of all i'm gonna i feel like i'm gonna worry about that for a while i don't know why i just i i feel like he's like I, I don't know i don't know how to put it like i, I don't want to like you know knock him over he's like a china doll i don't want to like <laughs> hurt him um yeah yeah but i think he'll be um i think he'll be fine i'm, I'm gonna take job ja, though i'm gonna take job ja. job's playing phenomenal
1: I think I'm going to take the field just because it's kind of the same, you know, Joss sometimes he dunks and he jumps in the air so ferociously and without fear, but then he falls like 10 feet to the ground. And that's just like, Ooh, every time it just makes me like shudder. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I'm worried with that. I love him. I hope that never happens. The dude is phenomenal, but you know, Zion, I just feel like the Pels are just going to keep getting more involved and it's not going to stop.
0: Yeah, and speaking of uh, John Morant, the um, the Grizzlies are currently—I mean, they're they're up right now on Portland, so we'll see if they'll be able to win. But the the Grizzlies team in general has surprised me a little bit this year, and I think a large part of that is because of John Morant, and I—that's I, why I think I have to give it to him because um, they've they've—I I think they've done a lot with a little, and they're not—they're still upset about Iguodala, so that's unfortunate. But well. Let's go to the next
1: question because you just said Portland, and I, I kind of got triggered there. So let's move on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. To, um, uh, uh, do you have an L.A. team winning the West or the field?
0: I think – L.A. Um, I just yeah. think that the, the Lakers one. and the – yeah. Well, I, I think the Lakers and the Clippers are just ahead above everybody else. I mean, you have um, – you have other teams that I guess would be capable of doing it, but I just I just don't think that they have enough. Houston, they just they just don't have enough. They don't to me. They don't you know they don't show up in the moment. They they defense. They're not gonna you know they're not gonna beat the. I don't think they're gonna beat the Clippers in the seven game series. They can't beat the Lakers in the seven game series. Um, but I see. I think the same of Denver. I just can't see them beating either LA team. Utah, and then I mean after that it gets kind of kind of slam. you got oklahoma city dallas memphis i i just don't i just don't see any of those teams beating uh, either of the la teams. so i think i'm i'm definitely gonna go la and i for i think you'll probably go the same route
1: yeah i'm gonna go the same like i just yeah. i just can't see it i, I really can't um uh, i will say that the uh vegas odds have the lakers favored seven to five odds for to win the west and the clippers mm-hmm. are favored eight to five Odds to favor to win the West. Mm. Um, so, next question is: Milwaukee are the field to win the East? Um, Milwaukee, by the way, is favored one to two odds to win the East.
0: Mm. Um, I'm definitely going to go the field on this, um, which I know a lot of people are, are going to call me crazy, but there's a couple reasons um, I saw, and I actually shared this with you a couple days ago about the um, the schedule. So since the merger, they've played the easiest schedule in, in, in NBA history, uh, strength of schedule wise. Now, I know that's not you know to fault them by any means, but I do think that that's going to play a factor when they get into the postseason. And I think a lot of these teams in the East are are relatively deep. And Toronto has surprised me. Um, And I think they could give Milwaukee a run for their money. Boston is always a contender and absolutely think that that Boston could give them a run for their money. And we don't know what's going to happen with Miami because with the acquisitions that they have, the young guys, I mean, Miami is playing fantastic overall this season. So they're not, they're not great on the road. They're 13 and 15. I don't know that they would be able to go into Milwaukee and win a seven game series, but I just, I think if I have to pick Toronto, Boston, Miami, and then you never know what happens with Philly and Indiana. I mean, great, great teams that are deep. I, I think the the East is deep. I'm going to take the field.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I... I'm going to take the field just because of the fact that it's, there's just too much. There's, it's weird for once we have a flip in the conferences. It's generally the West. There's like six teams and we're like, Oh my gosh. And now we're in the East and it's just like, Oh my gosh. And the West is the LeBron team. And then the one challenger. (laughs) Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'll give the West this credit generally in the East. It's the LeBron team and then a (laughs) challenger.
0: Right. No, that's fair. Yeah.
1: That's a Paul good, George good way to put and it. his band of misfits, yeah, uh, Roy Hibbert, the the team ball of the Atlanta Hawks. You know, you know, right? Yeah, exactly. That
0: was rough. The Raptors <laughs> a couple
1: times. Oh uh, yeah, poor poor Raptors. Oh man, that that hurts to remember that. You know, but, I'm
0: sure Vogel still is upset about that. But that's anyway. Sure.
1: <laughs> anyway, yeah. So let's let's move on to you know segue actually to who East. You know, I mean because. Going back to that, you know, me picking the field isn't to say that Milwaukee isn't great. I mean, this year, despite, you know, who cares about their schedule for a second, Milwaukee has made a legitimate leap, particularly because of Chris Middleton. Oh, yeah. I mean, Chris Middleton is probably having his best year of his career right now. He's averaging 20.5 points, 4.3 assists, and 5. But this is the crazy part. He's shooting with a 50% efficiency from the field and 44% from deep, which is a 0.6% increase from last year. Like he's playing like a legitimate number two and yeah. potential top 30 or top 25 player. And that's crazy. You know, Right? like I, I've always thought of Chris Middleton as a bargain number three player on a, on a championship team. And he is Showing this year that that is not the case, that he can be that other guy to handle the load, and to be honest, without you know the 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 Buckler shooting, I believe it's 36% from three this year, so the spacing is there. But part of that's because of Chris; he's just doing so well and giving that space, and then he's got Giannis just doing what Giannis does. Yeah, which is everything.
0: <laughs> he's well. I mean, he's and the other thing, man, which is scary and and you know, it, can you imagine if 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 Giannis is able to really develop a shot and and is able to 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 really be able to shoot the ball? I mean, think about yes. think about but now he's he... shooting
1: thirty percent from three. Imagine if it was just thirty five.
0: Yeah think about what he's going to be able to do here in the next couple of years and then you don't even you know you talk about that roster they have so they have so many pieces i mean Mm -hmm. you have shooters you have uh you got corver you have you know all these guys yeah absolutely but i mean just deep in general eric bledsoe pat Connaughton, like so Mm -hmm. many guys Ilya sova and and that's not to mention they just added Marvin Williams, Chris Middleton. Yes. Like you said, is having an unbelievable season. They are fantastic, but that's that's the thing. You know, the the rest of the NBA is also, or I'm sorry, the East is also deep you know i i love toronto like i said um i i'm just surprised they're doing this well honestly i, I didn't i didn't think that they were going to be as good as they are i don't think anybody did and and maybe maybe not i don't want to say that but I, I think a lot of people thought that they would definitely um you know have a huge drop off in wins just because kawhi has gone and they lost danny green and and but they haven't you know they're they're 40 and 15
1: yeah yeah, no, I, I, I feel that, like, Ky- first off, this season, Kyle Lowry has just shown his immense worth as a leader and a playmaker. And a guy who might just end his career being known as one of the greatest rappers of all time, which is kind of crazy. Because I think if you told someone that just two years ago, they would probably laugh at you. Yeah. And they'd be like, what? <laughs> but. Like, last year, I think there were some people that were like, oh, yeah, he's really good. But it's because Kawhi's there. You know, it's, be- it's because Kawhi's there. But Kawhi's gone now. And Kyle is playing like he was playing last year. You know, like, if, if you look at his stats, I, I don't have them in front of me. But when I looked at them earlier, they're the exact same pretty much. He's yeah. just as good. I think he might actually be averaging more points this year than last year. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy what he's doing. Really and here,
0: here's the other thing that I haven't mentioned and is, is disrespectful, honestly, Hampton, that I haven't mentioned this. And I, and I know you're, you're probably disappointed. Jalen Brown, Gordon oh Hayward, Marcus Smart, <laughs> Jason Tatum, Kimba Walker, the Boston Celtics, and Ennis Cantor. You could go Carson Edwards. You could go down the line. Don't yeah, forget about the don't, don't, five
1: don't, rookies do Don't
0: don't 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 forget about these guys. Don't forget hey, about don't the forget Celtics. About Taco Fall, man. That's right. Seven five, <laughs> three eleven. No, seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Celtics, man. And they're laying low. And I, I like that for them because over the past couple of years, they have, you know, even even um two years ago when they're challenging LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals and and it's you know, all this um, they're they're going deep in the play and the whole regular season and you know you have the publicity with Kyrie and they're on the spotlight and this year nobody's talking about them. They're just kind of laying low and hanging out and Kimba Walker's like all right, well hey, I'm here, you know, I'm doing my thing now and everybody's just kind of meshing and there's no drama and I like that for them because I think that's really going to help them out here in a couple months when the playoffs start and I think that you can see Boston going really Really far in the playoffs,
1: yeah. I so I really like it them laying low because it reminds me of one the Isaiah Thomas years and two the first year with Kyrie when he got when he was like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna take this surgery because it'll be better for me long term right. which you know good on him but then he was out for the last thirty games of and and for the playoffs and no one talked about us but and they we steadily fantastic. kept a good seed played great great. My my thing is, you know, Boston might have the best quote-unquote death lineup among all Eastern teams, you know, like going pure small ball yes. because they have Kimba, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Marcus Smart, he's showing he's once again a first-team all-defense, plus that he can guard the five, which is insane. I mean, the first five centers he guarded, which included Jokic and Embiid, none of them made more than two shots on him.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something like what <laughs> don't, don't forget about the Celtics. And I had to give you your, your Carson Edwards uh shout out there. I know. Right? Um, but right. the East is, the East is deep. I'm going to take, he's a I'm microwave gonna, man. <laughs> I'm going to take the, the field though.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I see like my, 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 thing about just going back to Boston for a second, because it's kind of funny how this is all playing out because Jalen is on base what is basically a shout out to all the haters tour because everyone was like, Oh, he's just going to be defensive. You know, maybe he he'll become a three and D guy. And he's like, dude, I am more than just a three and D guy. Yeah. And sure enough, he's averaging like 20 points. Well, they, yeah, there was actually,
0: there was a great story that broke about him. uh, I believe it was earlier today about, um, just the whole, his whole story, like all these people saying he's peaked, you know,
1: whatever, but that's not, that's nonsense. That's nonsense. Yeah. So before leaving Boston, I just want to point out that Gordon Hayward, if he hadn't missed 17 games, might've made the all-star game. Like just listen to his stats. 17.2 points, 4.1 assists, 6.6 rebounds per game. This is the crazy part though. He's shooting 51, 39, 87 split right now.
0: Hmm.
1: Almost 50, 40, 90. Yeah,
0: he's, he's, he is, again, again, played, he's played a really great year and nobody's really talking about it.
1: No, and it's, it's kind of funny. It's, 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 it's kind of, what was one of the funniest things was during the trade deadline, everyone was like, you could trade Gordon Hayward and get this other big contract like a Stephen Adams. (laughs) And in my mind, I'm just like, no one realizes that when Kimba's not playing, it's Gordon Hayward who's the point guard of everything. Like, Yeah. yeah, Marcus can do it but he's not best being the playmaker. He's best being the secondary playmaker. Yeah, no, yeah. Celtics, watch out for the Celtics. Yeah, I, I, I want to, because this will be the quickest one, I really want to hit Indiana because it makes me sad because I love Victor Oladipo. He is one of the most, even when he was in Orlando, he was one of the most likable young guys coming up. He's a lot of fun. With OKC, with Russ, like, he's, I think he started like seeing, okay, this is how you win, you know? I mean, Russ has a great attitude that rubs off on everyone he's played with. And next year, they're going to be so good. But it's so disappointing to see because Brogdon is so good and so yeah. bonus is showing out. The only piece that I'm worried about with them is Miles Turner, but he's still legitimate. You know, he's mm-hmm. still a very good center. Yeah, he is. And it's just sad because I they don't have it they don't have it for this no, year
0: they don't and i uh, again you and i talked about this in the offseason we thought we we expected a little bit more out of them right um yeah. but next year i think i think i think they just need a year to kind of get all of it together
1: and i think next year they they're, they're going to be there yeah yeah so toronto's win streak just got snapped by the way 15 straight most in the city of toronto by any of their sports teams 15 straight wins Wow. That is awesome. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, Brooklyn beat them. I bet Kyrie didn't play, but Brooklyn beat them. Um, So good for Brooklyn.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it was was on the road. It was at Barclays.
1: It was at Barclays. Yeah, like it's, you know, this Toronto team, Pascal Siakam is definitely the most improved player of the year. He literally went from being, wow, how is this guy the, the second best player on the Raptors to this is the best player on the Raptors. Oh, my gosh. He just took over this game for three minutes every quarter.
0: <laughs> yeah, the uh, looking at the, the box here, the Kyrie did not play. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What you know, he's just getting healthy. No. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: just take his time. Take your time. Um
1: but uh yeah, man, Toronto, they one of the things that I love watching Toronto. And if anyone out there has the time, even if you're not a Toronto fan, watch them because I think they might have the most ferocity. Of any team in basketball right now. And
0: Siakam is very good, man. He is. I mean, he's so long. And he, like, you kind of saw shades of it in the finals. But, like, I didn't think that he, again, that he was going to be able to take over this team and do what they're doing. I'm just Mm -hmm. I'm just impressed overall. And
1: Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet is one of the most fun where did you come from stories. Yeah. And OG and No Boy. What I love about OG is that last year when he got hurt, and missed most of the playoffs. Everyone was like, "Oh, who's that?" Like, you know, I bet it doesn't matter. And it's like, no, he's actually one of the best young defensive players in the NBA. Yeah. You know, like that—that's actually a huge loss. You just can't tell because they have Danny Green and Kawhi. And it kinda, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it yeah, it kind of covers it up. But um, so Miami, dude, it's a cool story that they have two key players who are undrafted rookies, Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson, both are playing really well. Tyler Hero might just be the third best player from this draft class, and I think both of us have already admitted, we neither, neither of us saw it coming. You yeah, know, no. it's kind of cool. But the kid is averaging 41% from the field and 39% from three-point range. And he's got that, like, confidence that most of the likable and tough stars in this league that, that they have that yeah. makes them likable. Which brings us to Jimmy Butler. Because <laughs> this is <laughs> Jimmy's team. And honestly, if he hadn't gone to Miami this would have been Bam Adebayo's team because Bam Adebayo last year kind of showed us what a modern what an old school center would look like if you smashed it together with the modern-day basketball because he's more mobile than Jokic he can pass as well as Jokic and he's just getting better you know this year he's posting career highs on everything he's 6'10", I wouldn't be surprised if, for a while, he starts getting the crazy like rebound stats that Drummond has because he attacks the glass. It's, it's, it's crazy to watch. And Jimmy just brings it all together. He's the icing on their cake. And with them getting Jake Crowder and Andre Iguodala, it just adds yeah. that experience, the leadership, and, to be honest, the grit that that team kind of seems to be built around. I mean, everyone keeps telling me, you know, I've been joking it's going to be Heat Celtics for like the last three months in the Eastern Conference Finals, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And people keep telling me that, yeah, you know, the Heat are a fun, dark horse. And I'm like, the Heat aren't a dark horse. Like, legitimately, the the Heat, it's Pat Riley, you know? Well,
0: they've played well and they've played consistent all season long. Yeah. And you have
1: uh, uh, Eric Spolstra,
0: who's been to how many playoff games? How many? Oh, yeah. I mean, this isn't going to be, you know, they're going to go to the first round and lose so watch watch out for the heat yeah
1: so all of this said you know when the before the season started i thought the 76ers were going to win the finals um not even just the east the finals i thought they were going to do it i thought they were going to be able to go toe-to-toe with whatever team came up against them because they have the size, they have the length. I thought defensively they could shut down people. And I thought when it came to it, they could just pound you in the paint over and over again. So I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, check this. The 76ers had as many road wins as the New York Knicks. Oh, oof, that's a rough one. Not a not what you want. It's not what you want. <laughs> that is rough.
0: Wow! Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, um, if you ever are associated with the Knicks, that is not good. News. So anyway, yeah. So we'll start with that. Um, but no, that's um, that's shocking, honestly. But but unfortunate, and they, you know, it just the Sixers to me Hampton they feel like that that friend that you have you know what I mean that you really like you really want to hang out with that person like you think they're a good guy and you want to you want to you know you know hang out with them but they just sometimes they do things that just irk you and they just kind of like make you mad and you're like why why would you do that you know what I mean that's (laughs) that's what I think of when the I think of the Sixers like the drama and the the Um, it's just like, it's, it it got built up so much and I I was so excited for it. And I thought that they were going to be really, really good this year. And I thought that last year losing to Toronto in the way that they lost of all, yeah, of all things in the way that they, they lost that they were going to come back and, and you know, play, like you said, you, you, you had them win in the finals and it's just, it's so, um, puzzling to kind of see that they're that's that's not happening like you said I mean uh, overall they're 34 and 21
1: yeah I kind of want to get in to how they lost that game last year game seven against the Raptors because those final what was it five seconds it's very indicative to me of what this team is so just as a precursor to this last all-star game we probably you know you don't see defense in the all-star game But last All-Star game, uh, LeBron and KD were on the same team. And they ended up doing this amazing closeout. And they trapped in the corner in the last four seconds of the game. They trapped in the corner. I think it was Steph and DeMar. And DeMar couldn't get a shot up, so he tossed it back to Steph. But KD and LeBron's arms were so long. They had them trapped in the corner. And they literally just, like, held the ball in Steph's hands as he tried to jump. And it, you know... Obviously clock expires LeBron and Katie's team win. Right. So Kawhi gets the ball. And as soon as he gets the ball, Ben Simmons picks him up and does a really good job picking him up and like making him not letting him get the position he wants. But Kawhi is just trying to get to that corner. That's all he was thinking about. And it becomes very clear that there wasn't a backup plan. There wasn't this guy, you know, Kyle is going to, is going to fly up to the top of the perimeter. So he can be an outlet for Kawhi. Kawhi was going to get to that corner and take that shot.
0: Yeah, And Those, Joel
1: yeah. picks up Kawhi. Ben Simmons is big enough. He could have kept going, and they could have trapped Kawhi like Katie and LeBron trapped DeMar and Steph. But he didn't. He and let Joel do it. And Joel played great defense. And Kawhi, it wasn't just luck. I'm sure he's practiced that shot at a bazillion times, but it bounced four freaking times, man. Yeah. Like if Ben Simmons had just kept going, if he had put in that effort of this is all we got, it doesn't matter if I give so it an I open said. shot, at least it's not Kawhi taking it. Because yeah. Kawhi took like that was the game when Kawhi took like forty shots, right? It was, yeah, it was insane. Yeah. I, you know, what what makes me so sad about the Sixers? And I say this sparingly because let's be clear for a second. The Sixers still have a legitimate shot of winning the East. It's like last year's Celtics. There are a crap ton things wrong with the 76ers, you know, but they're still extraordinarily talented. And if they figure it out, watch out, everyone, everywhere. So last game against the Clippers – Brett Brown was experimenting with the lineup, which shocked me because I, I rarely see him do that. <laughs> but he was yeah. in the lineup. He benched Horford. So I didn't know this. When just Horford and not Embiid are on the floor, the Sixers are actually a plus five on offense. When oh, wow. just Embiid and not Horford is on the floor, they are a plus nine. But when they're both on the floor together, they are a yeah. minus one as a team. Yeah, that's that's interesting. But if you think about it, it makes sense because Ben Simmons is your power forward. So, yeah, if you play two power forwards in a center, you're not going to have much space. <laughs> yeah, there's – yeah, you're very limited. <laughs> like, that's like – Ben Simmons can live in the fantasy that he's a he's a point guard. Brett Brown cannot.
0: <laughs> well, and a large part of this
1: falls on Brett Brown. Yeah. I mean – but yes, correct. Absolutely. Do you think – because we, we got to ask the question. Do you think if this year the Sixers do not make the finals, do you think they have to blow it up? Okay, well, I'm going to let
0: you in on a secret. They're not making the finals. Um, so, <laughs> yes, you do. And there's a lot of talk that they're going to – well, not a lot of talk that they're going to. There's a lot of talk about the idea of trading – um and blowing it up, and i think i just i don 't think it 's going to work, so I do think you do and and here 's the thing if you 're the if you 're the sixers, do you think that i don 't know you 're not going to be you know maybe as realistic you 're going to hold on to say hey i 've got these two you know all star caliber players who have you know given it a great run so it's it 's not going to be easy to just say oh let 's just blow this up right um yeah. but i think I think it is Probably time to do it. I mean, it's it's just not. It's I just don't see it happening. I, I don't think they're gonna blow it up. That's the thing. I, I think they're gonna hang on for for maybe one or two more. But I think you I think you should.
1: So, I think if they don't make the finals this year, which I think you're right, I don't think they will. Um, they've got to fire Brett Brown. Yeah. I don't know if they have to trade any pieces, but they've got to fire Brett Brown. Um, you know, I think if going into the trade deadline next year if they still haven't figured things out and there's still this kind of weird blob of a team that's got a lot of great pieces but doesn't amount to anything really, they have no
0: identity none offensively none
1: you gotta trade someone yeah you gotta trade someone and it doesn't have to be joel or ben yet i think you can go one more full year without trading them keep them together i think you
0: can too but you've got to do something
1: you've got to do something maybe You know, I heard a rumor today that Buddy Heald might want to trade out of Sacramento because he feels like they don't know what they're doing. If Buddy Heald becomes free, his contract would kind of match up with Al Horford's. You could switch that, you know, get some more shooting on there. That would help. But they got to do something. Quick
0: question. One word answer. You have to trade one, Joel or or, uh, Ben, who you're
1: trading. I'm trading Ben Simmons. Yeah, me too.
0: All right, next topic.
1: Okay. so and. This kind of segues into the next topic because we're about to talk about our favorite players under 23 years old. Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons have both played 53 games. Markel Fultz is averaging 11.7 points and 4.9 assists per game. Ben Simmons, Simmons is averaging 16.9 points and 8.3 assists per game. Markel is shooting at 46% from the field. Ben Simmons, 58% from the field. Markel has attempted 97 attempted threes. 26 of them he's made. So he's shooting at 27% from three. Simmons has shot six, and he's made two. The percentage of that does not matter because no, that is so small. I get they had to trade Markel. No one is ever gonna say that no, they should have kept him because they basically ruined him. Yeah. You know, both he and Lonzo Ball were said to have a weird shot motion. Going out of the draft, going into the draft, and somehow mm-hmm. l- the Lakers are like, you know what, Lonzo, do what you want to do for now. We'll work on it slowly. The Sixers are like, nah, bro, you're changing everything, yeah, and it ruins him. And then he has a shoulder injury, and then like, well, what are we gonna do? And Orlando's like, well, here's two seconds, and they're like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like, fine, you know, we'll do it, yeah. But like my my whole thing, and. I don't know if we're going to agree on this because most people disagree with me. Honestly, at the moment Mark Hill had that shoulder problem, he still seemed very willing to try and shoot the ball from range. I would have kept him instead of Ben. I really would have. You know, I would have traded Ben then. And I know that's crazy to think about because Ben is so unnaturally talented. And literally, if he has a three-point shot just at 30%, you know, shooting two, three threes a game, just at 30% clip, Ben Simmons is frightening. But he doesn't. And he shows no effort or desire to want to do that or to even lead a team, to be honest.
0: You know, I won't disagree with you about that necessarily about Ben Simmons, Um, but I think given the context of the situation, I think you do still trade uh, Markel, but I just I, – I I mean I'll be honest with you. I think it was the wrong pick to begin with, right? So um, – and, <laughs> and that's nothing against Markel Fultz. I, 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 I really genuinely think um, that – they they had other options. I'll just I'll just leave it at that cuz then we're going to get into a whole other web of of conversation. Yeah. But, but <laughs> um
1: how Danny Ainge screwed the 76ers <laughs> process. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> um, but I I just I think I think I'm going to stick with Ben and, and and still trade Markel and and for a couple of reasons but mainly just because of the way the way that things were like you said they they messed they messed this up you know it was like it's it's almost like they they drafted him and they're like you're a project you know what I mean and and we're going to you know yeah. do this and do that and and they just didn't let him do his thing right and um I, they they handled it wrong I think and then they were just like all right like you said whatever all right a couple picks go go go
1: no. Yeah. Okay, well, moving on to favorite players under the age of 23. Um, Trey Young, I've got to go with first. And I'm going to be honest, when the Atlanta Hawks traded back in that draft, and then I heard it was so that they could pick uh, um, Trey, I legitimately started laughing. I thought it was hilarious because I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You could have had Luka Doncic. And yet now, here I am. And I don't like watching Luca play, and I love watching trey play and It's nothing against Luca because Luca is a great like he's really good, however, Trey has that kind of like Lillard game to him where. He'll just randomly he just pull up them. from a logo. Yeah. He'll just pop up. If you you can't go around screens with him. You can't. You have to run through them. Yeah. Because even if you draw a foul, because if you don't, he's just gonna <laughs> pop up. And then there's like a 50% chance he's gonna make it. It's just mind-boggling.
0: Yeah. Trey Young has played fantastic. And and to give you my first um player under 23 in the NBA. I'm gonna disagree with you. Um, I love Luka Doncic, love, love, love Luka Doncic. I love his game, and and this is something that we're maybe gonna go at it um, about <laughs> on here. I think that the Hawks made a huge mistake um, in that trade, and not, I don't want to say huge because we don't know what Trey Young's gonna be coming, and, and he has really surprised me. Um, I thought that Trey Young would be a bust. Full disclosure, I'll be 100 percent honest. Yes, um, I,
1: I agree with that. I thought so
0: too. I I was extremely surprised by how well he's played um So props to him for that. But I I just, I love Luka Doncic's game. I love everything about him. I love his swagger. I love his, his, just everything. I don't love his defense. Let me, let me take that back. Um, (laughs) But I, I love, I just, I, I really like Luka Doncic. I think he's a fantastic basketball player. I think he is, you know, you, you see the passion in him when he's playing. He is phenomenal. I mean, all, all the way around, dude. I mean, his, his handles his he's, he's quick. He can shoot. He can pull up, um, and now he's young. Obviously, he's he's twenty years old. Speaking of under twenty three, but just no. I mean, he's averaging. You know, with the snap of a finger, he's averaging twenty one eight six of steel, and and he's shooting fifty four point five true shooting percentage. So,
1: God, yeah, he's uh, Luke. Luke is fantastic. My, my, so, one thing I will say, the Atlanta Hawks when they drafted Trey Young were the like dumpster fire after the fire had, like, started smoldering. Like, it's not really a fire anymore. <laughs> it's but just, like, yeah. yeah, Mike Budenholzer had left. They had to trade Dennis Schroeder, because he was like, you guys aren't going to the playoffs. Move me. And they, like, that was really their last good player, you know. They were one of the teams with a Dwight Howard year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, and meanwhile, the Mavs, while they were, weren't anything pretty either, they had Plenty of guys who were guys, they just didn't really amount to much together. And then they get Luca, who has shown what he can do. You know, yeah, like we we knew what he was; he was a known quantity. Um, To be honest, I thought he should have gone first in the draft. He was in. Um, It's it's super cool for the Mavs to get him though, because of the fact that Dirk. Dirk was there. So now they have Luka and plus they have Kristaps now like top two foreign uh, or rather I should say two of the top three foreign players in the NBA right now. But I just got to say, man, I, I like Trey more than Luka. I did not expect to be in this, this camp. <laughs> I really didn't, you know, but I remember watching the highlights of Luka in the European league and just marveling at them. But man, Trey, Oh, my gosh. It's just incredible. And one of the things that amazed me about Trey, his rebounds. He's averaging 4.6 rebounds per game. He's got that, like, Kimball Walker, Rajon Rondo, Isaiah Thomas kind of, like, effort to him. Where if that's a, if that's a rebound that's going far back out of the paint, Trey is going to bolt for it. And he's going to try and grab it.
0: Well, I think both of them are fantastic overall. I mean, um yeah. I don't I didn't expect what either of them are doing. So, I think I, I would gladly take either one of them. I'm not going to say <laughs> anything, you know, crazy like that against Trey, but I I love I love Luca. The other choice um that I have that this guy really impresses me, man. Um he came on, onto the scene, I mean, overall pretty pretty quickly. One year experience in the league. This is the second year. He played 54 games this year, 19 and a half points, six rebounds, three assists, shooting 47% from the field. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, he has really, really impressed me, honestly. That um, defense, too. He's Well, he's 6'6, he's 181 pounds, right? He defensively, he's disruptive, right? He can, he can basically guard multiple positions on the floor. He's long, <laughs> yep, he's smart, yep. he is underrated. Not a lot of people talk about him, and, and I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves. Um, but but he's, he's a guy that's really impressed me, and he uh, I think he's going to be a really, really uh, good player in this league.
1: Just to go off this, um, Shea is not my second favorite young guy under 23 to watch. However, what Chris Paul has done with the Thunder is fantastic. And to see Shea play with Chris Paul is so much fun. Especially sometimes the Thunder will play Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, and Shea. And it's really fun to see those three guards that can both playmake make. They can both take shots from mid range to paint to three point, just play off each other. You know, like I, I'm really excited to see what Shay's going to become. But my number two favorite young player in 23 is without a doubt Bama DeBio. Because I, so I'm a big Kentucky fan, not because I cheer for Kentucky basketball, but because I know for a fact Kyle Apari is going to get very good players, even though he won't be able to coach them to win anything. <laughs> yeah well. and, and so i loved to watch bam at bio in college and i remember when the draft was coming up my my thought was like the sleep one of the my top three sleepers of that draft was bam at bio and dude he's just i kind of like hinted at it earlier you know for one he's having career highs and points per game assists per game and rebounds per game 15.9 points, 4.9 assists, 10.4 rebounds. This, this guy, he's like two, three inches taller than Nikolai Jokic. He can pass right now a, sh- a tad under what Nikolai Jokic's passing skill is, but he's just getting better. Rebounding, he's really good, and he, again, is just getting better. Yeah. <laughs> and I think playing with guys like Jimmy Butler, now Andre Iguodala, being coached by Eric Spolstra, having the Titan that is Pat Riley talking to him, being in his ear outside of the court. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, Not I mean- to mention the fact Bam Adebayo is 6'10". Um, when you see him on the court when you're in, when you're in the stadium, the dude looks like a walking tower. Yeah. His shoulders are so wide. It is incredible to see him move so quickly.
0: Well, here's the thing. Let's put this into context for Bam Adebayo. 53 games. He's played 53 games. He started 53 games. He's averaging 34.6 minutes a game, 16, six, <laughs> 16 points, 10 and a half rebounds, and five assists. Can Kyle Kuzma do that? That would be nice.
1: Yeah, right. Right. Like, oh, man. I.
0: Fantastic! Course, as a, yeah. as He's a, a great Celtics
1: player. fan. As a Celtics fan, any center that's just good, I'm very envious of. But
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I could imagine. But you know, <laughs> from a general perspective, there are so many guys that are under 23. It was. uh there's just a lot of guys in the league that are are going to be really interesting and and exciting to watch, and we've just talked about a few of them. I mean, yeah. I I listed Luca's first that that was his first year numbers, you know. Yeah. When he was, uh, uh, his ages is just crazy to me. Like I yeah. I think about what I'm doing at this age, and I'm like, what is, what <laughs> you know? But that's uh, all of those guys. They're fantastic. But I'm excited to, excited to see them.
1: And you know I feel that because every time I think that Kyrie is my age, I'm just like God. What am I doing? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, what you got? What What's a young player under the age of 23? Before we move on, that you would you're, you're hopeful they're gonna be better. So, like for instance, mine's Marvin Bagley because I really liked him coming out of the draft. I really enjoyed him in Duke, and he's just not really been what I thought he would be you know his shot hasn't come together yet his his defense is still leaves me wanting more i don't know if the kings are just not using him correctly or what yeah
0: that's tough i'll tell you one player that um and this one i mean i i'm going to say i'm going to say it's going to be for me it's going to be Brandon Ingram um I, I now he's he's this year he's he's playing better. Obviously, yeah, this star. is a, kind of a, a different scene, right, for him. Yeah. Um. So, uh, he's kind of already exceeded that expectation. But that's who I felt that about recently. I thought um, that he could be so much better, and and I was really excited for him coming out of college. And I hate that he wasn't able to do that with with LeBron. But it's just not his style, right? He he's not able to 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 do what he's doing right now on a team with. It's LeBron James and Anthony Davis, so you got to have one or the other. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Brandon Ingram.
1: Thanks everybody for coming to the nest and giving us a listen. I hope you guys check us out again. Our podcasts will drop Wednesday nights or Thursday mornings. So check us out next time. See you guys.